Welcome to the dark forest Jackie and her pals will never bore us Shameless confessions about our obsessions Will make us laugh and smile So let's explore the dark forest And dark down for a Welcome to the Dork Forest. I'm Jackie Cation. The websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, TheDorkForest.com, FamilyPetAncestry.com. They go to most of the same things all over the place. Feel free to review the show on iTunes if you haven't done so already. Thank you so much. If you need to get a hold of me, it's Jackie at JackieCation.com. Let's do the credits. Patrick Brady fixed this audio. Mike Rickberg composed the opening song, sang with his wife, Sarah Cohen. Mike will sing his words to the Mexican hat dance at the end of the program. Vilmos works on the website, JackieCation.com. On the website, JackieCation.com, there's links to this podcast and my comedy podcast with Lori Kilmartin, The Jackie and Lori Show. There are links to watch me do stand-up comedy. My calendar is on there where I'm performing. If you want to support the show, there's merch at JackieCation.com if you want a Dork Forest t-shirt, if you want a stand-up t-shirt, if you want stand-up CDs, uh, there is also a DVD. And the CD and DVD, everything's available streaming. The DVD is streaming on ComedyFilmNerds.com. All of my CDs are available on Amazon and iTunes and Pandora and Spotify and YouTube if you just want to listen to them before you buy them. If you want to support the Dork Forest, there's a couple of different ways. You may PayPal me uh, a donation. That's right. You could also Venmo me a donation just at my email address. You can support the show in a lot of different ways. You can get merch. You can donate directly. That button is available at JackieCation.com or DorkForest.com, and I appreciate any support that you do. There's premium episodes that you can listen to. If you've run through all of the ones that are uh, sort of archived in Blog Talk and then the almost 500 episodes on Libsyn and iTunes right now, and you need more Dork Forest, you can go to the dorkforest.bandcamp.com. There's probably a dozen live episodes. There's a couple of of free things as well, and there's a storytime album, which is me telling a couple of stories. Everything's like a buck or two dollars or free. Let's get into the show. Hey, it's Jackie Cation. You guys, I am in a hotel room. You may have seen the hotel art uh, in Bloomington, <laughs> Indiana. And I am with Ruthie Fudge, local. Now, you've done some open mics? I have. I do it once or twice a year to convince myself that I do not belong in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> so you are, but you're essentially, you listened to the show and you emailed me. Yes. And you're like, hey, I'm a dork. Mm-hmm. Would you like to talk to me about my dorkdom? And I said, if the schedule permits, attainable goal. And here we are in my hotel room in downtown Bloomington, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the program, Ruthie Fudge. Thank you, Jackie. And uh, you are on Twitter at Velveeta Underhound. Oh, that's a dog. And uh, at Fudgy, at, at, yeah, Fudge Ruthie. Yep. Fudge Ruthie on Instagram. Yes. So here is where we begin. The band Ween. The band ween. And I want to put a disclaimer that I am not the level of ween fan that can tell you every word to every song. I have not been to many shows, five total. Um, uh, I don't know an extensive history. I don't have the disposable income to follow (laughs) them around. 
Uh, I think this disclaimer is hilarious. Yes. And, no, that's fine. It's just enthusiasm, and mm-hmm. it's but it's at this level is what you're yes. saying. Because this is the level that you are at. As you know, and I know that the internet is based on uh, I told you so, uh, one-uppings, and well-actuallys. So, the Dork uh, Forest? Yes. Safe space. Thank you. And if there's any, uh, if there's details that we've missed, mm-hmm. um, people usually just email it to me, and I'm like, oh, good. Yep. And uh, and it's fine. Like, I don't mind when people tell me the actual thing, the things that we've missed. First of all, the first thing that happens usually after the show is I talk to Andy Ashcraft, and he's like, did you ask this question? And I think, oh, shit, that would have yeah. been a great question to ask. Yeah. So, um, every, all, you know, you know, the yes. Ranger fans, uh, I the am. best. I the best. Her- and, uh, and so they... You've done your disclaimer. I completely support you mm-hmm. in knowing a little bit about something you love a lot. Because mm-hmm. I love a lot of things and know a little bit about each and every one of them. Yes. So let us begin. It is a band. It is a band. I don't know anything about this band. Are they so, guitar rock? What uh, is it? They are, in my opinion, the Bill and Ted of rock and roll in the okay. Rufus sense where they have brought many, many people of different age ranges together over the years. They met when they were 14 or 15. Okay. And they are 50 now, and they still make music together. Okay, so they don't hate each other. I think that, Which like, is kind of amazing. Like any band, I think that there was some struggle for a while. Right, they might have hated each other a little bit. And they broke up in 2012, but they oh. got back together, and they're on a reunion tour. And I'm painfully reminded of how awesome all of the shows are from all of my fellow Instagrammers that happen to be wieners or weanheads or whatever. What Are they, are they called wieners? I, I like to call myself a wiener. <laughs> Because it's funny. It is funny. Uh, and do people, uh, is it, is it, um, now the, here's the thing. There's the Grateful Dead and there's fish. Uh, is the uh, weed uh, like those? No. no. <laughs> All right. Because uh, it's different kind of music than yes. that. Okay. Uh, they will go on and on for a while, but they are not a jam band. Let let us not be confused. Okay. Ween is not a jam band. Although we have a, a cross-section of Ween fandom, and uh, fellow Weeners like to call them Wookies, and they are overflow from a fish following. Okay. Uh, because Fish covered one of Ween's songs, and the lead singer of Fish really likes Ween, but oh, okay. Ween has publicly said, hey, we do not like jam bands, and right, right. we are not into fish, and we don't like Frank Zappa, which a lot of people try to compare Ween to Frank Zappa. Oh, uh, interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about Frank Zappa either. I had Moon Zappa on the show, and yeah. Diva Zappa on the show, and neither of them wanted to talk about his music, or him, quite honestly. Um, it'd be like having me on a show and wanted to talk about my dad's accomplishments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It'd be yeah. weird. Um but so, so they write, essentially they write songs and music, play them, and everyone likes them. And yes. people like them who like yes. them. Yes, they right? have nine studio albums and a whole nine. bunch of other albums. Uh, and oh, Like but, live albums? Uh, there are live albums, yes. And, uh, but the, the nice, tight, clean ones, I mean, they're not clean at all. Uh, the nice, tight ones are nine studio albums, but okay. there are a number of live ones. Uh, there are people that go to their concerts and tape every single show. There is a super fan named Johnny Williams who has been over to 400 
over oh, 400 so bootlegs. Yes. And is the band cool with the bootlegs? I believe so. Okay. <laughs> or they've just sort of made peace with it. One of the two things. I think that all they care about is making music. Right. Uh, so where do they live? Do you uh, know anything? New Hope, Pennsylvania. I oh, think Jeaner, Jean Ween and Dean Ween. I think Jeaner. Is Ween their last name? No, 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 oh. no, no. Aaron Freeman. Okay. A nice Jewish boy. Okay. Uh, and I think he and his family live out in LA, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. But I don't know anymore. Because again, not that level of a Ween fan. Right, right. Well, yeah. So let's let's go with, uh, yeah, I should back up. What are the, who are the members of the band Ween? Okay. <laughs> so we have. Gene Ween, Aaron Freeman. Aaron Freeman. Dean Ween. And that's, I want to say, Mickey Melchiondo or Melchiondo. Okay, depends. It, you say potato, you like. I say potato. Right. We would uh, ha- he would have to be here. Claude Coleman is the drummer. Okay. Uh, Dave Drevitz is the bass player. Mm-hmm. And Glenn McClelland is the keyboardist. Okay, so there's five people, five gentlemen, mm-hmm. who are currently in their 50s, met when they were 14. Uh, I'm sure that uh, they're at dif- the other members are at different ages, but Gina and Diener met when they were in high school. I think it was a typing class. I can't remember, but they didn't exactly like each other, but I believe they bonded over music. And Gina, their names aren't Gene and Dean. No. But they call each other Jeaner and Diener because it's funny. Yes. And they went with Ween because you name a band. Yes. And it's, okay. it's supposed to be a marriage of the word wuss and penis. Which, okay. I mean, oh, come on. Which is why you would call yourself a wiener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. And, you know, 14, 15-year-old boys. Right, right. It's uh, always good writing. Always good writing at my, 14. My uh, belief, though, uh, if I really can dork out here for a moment, is Please do. if you look at the Merriam-Webster dictionary, the word ween means to imagine, to hope, to think. Um, and they're from New Hope, Pennsylvania. Sure. And they also imagine... I mean, they're a very imaginative group. Their right. lyrics are... They range from silly to serious, uh, incredible songwriters, uh, the music. They can take any genre of music and completely make it their own. So they have an, a country album. They have oh, really? a Beatlesque album. They have a couple of songs that are very, they remind me a lot of Pink Floyd. They just... They can do their, they have a couple of songs that just, if you didn't know, you would think that the song was by Prince because Jeaner is a big Prince Prince fan. Okay. So what they do, so there's nine albums. Do the albums, do you have a favorite album? Yes, I, I have. It's hard because I, of course. I I was looking at the list of the albums and I was like, I like all of these. I can't <laughs> talk about all nine albums. Um, and I like a, a couple of their live albums. Uh, yeah. I, uh, I, in this order, my introduction was through Pure Guava. Which is? Uh, it, a band? It, it, no, Pure oh. Guava is one of their albums. Okay. Uh, and the song that uh, made them best known was Push the Little Daisies. It was on Beavis and Butthead. Okay. It um, topped the charts in Australia in the early 90s. Okay. Um, push the little daisies. Yes, push the little daisies. I will look that up. Yeah. And then so I if, will you, know things. if you want to get yourself a set list, if you've or a little track list to listen to for sure. people who haven't heard Ween, I that's and the first time I heard You're, the song, all all band episodes. I have this to say. Uh-huh. Please do send me a set list. Okay. But eight songs. 
Okay. No more than eight. Uh, had Murray Valeriano on, uh, U2 fan. Yes. He sent me 112 songs. Ugh, Guess what is, happened? That is, I wiped that stick. That is too much of U2. I'm so psyched that he loves U2 enough to have been able to pick his favorite 108 songs. Don't I don't care. even love Ween that much to right. come up with 108 don't, songs. Cannot care. No. And uh, so, but eight, eight of any band, I can listen to that. That sounds like, you know what it is? It's just shy of a full album. <laughs> yes. And it's your appetizer. Oh, your main you course. Make a nice arc. Yes, it makes a. It's just eight is just eight is enough. Eight oh, is enough. Wait dirt, a dirt, dirt. <laughs> Where's that dork? Um, so okay. somewhere, I'm sure. So on uh, guava, pure guava, pure guava, pure guava. Um, push little daisies. Uh, I I am also not a typical Ween fan, where I do not drink and do a lot of drugs, which is th- that. Sometimes there is a huge love- yeah. There's a huge drug and drinking culture around it yes does, does the band party pretty hard um or they did? most of them do uh Jeaner is sober and when they broke up in 2012 it was because Jeaner needed to get sober oh okay so he was a mess and they're like yes we we i have to regroup mm-hmm. and get my life in order and then when did they when did the reunion tour just start last year kind um of thing, i want to say it was in 2017 because i remember that they did like three shows on my birthday weekend in colorado and i couldn't go right, right. Uh, so, but for so he was like five years into trying to get his life back together mm-hmm. and he was like i think i could go on the road with you guys again nobody buy me shots right okay. and they keep a dry stage so, okay yeah oh so nobody else parties during the during the band i during don't the show. again i you aren't there so you aren't there um do you see video ever yes we we uh do you ever go down a rabbit hole of i do other people's I do. <laughs> I do, especially on Instagram. And I go, oh, I wish I could be there. Right, right. Oh, I hate that I had two kids. Uh, right, I don't really hate that I had two kids, but <laughs> no. it's just, there goes my income. There goes I, there goes everything, yes. quite honestly. Yes. So it's the nature, of, uh, the nature of breeding. So I got sober in 1993, but I remember driving around in Kalamazoo, turning on the college radio station and hearing Push the Little Daisies. And I was like, what? the hell is this shit these this singer sounds like they're on helium what is this really and i kept listening and i just it was a wonderful earworm and okay. that's what started it for me and then i got into college radio and i got acquainted with all of their other albums okay is it is it got is it i i'm i'm curious you can sing it if you'd like. No. Okay. Uh, I was like, I would, I wouldn't want to, but uh, although it's like push a little daisies and make them come up, like it's just and it's squeaky, but it's but it's got a it's got a hook. Is yes. It, is there a once it's in your brain, you won't be able to get it out. All right. Um, well, the thing is, is you would have thought that I would have listened. The, people often say, do you do any research about the dorks? And I'm like, I do not. I do not. I, but then, the, but then there's sometimes there's angles that, uh, that aren't covered that I ask you about. So, but that's what I like about the dork forest is I've been listening long enough to know that you don't. But what I like is that you listen the whole time. Yeah. You learn something new. I do learn something and new. And I learn something new. Because right. sometimes I'll see an episode and I'll go, 
I don't want to learn about salsa dancing, right. but then I'll listen and I'll be so happy that oh I Oh my God, it. that was kind of a fascinating episode, yes. wasn't it? Yeah. Solange Castro, if I remember correctly. Uh, she uh, just put out a new album. There we go. There's a plug for her. Okay. I'm with uh, Ruthie Fudge, by the way. It's uh, Velveeta Underhound on Twitter and Fudgy, Fudge Ruthie on Instagram. So there's five members of the band. Mm-hmm. They've been together for a thousand years. Mm-hmm. They have nine um, studio albums. Mm-hmm. And and they tour they tour now. So w- there's a drummer, there's a bass player. What do the other three players do? You did not say. Well, Are they all so, G- sort of Geener and Deaner sing. Gene does most of the singing. Okay. Um, Claude has a song that he sings on, and that's the drummer. Uh, okay. Uh, they play keyboards. Uh, Glenn McClellan plays is the, keyboards. Is the keyboard guy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And. Uh, Gina and Diener both play guitar. Sort of lead guitarish kind mm-hmm. of thing. Or- and man, if there's something that I will go down a rabbit hole doing is uh, watching videos of Diener's facial expressions as he plays guitar. <laughs> it's something to behold. Um, <laughs> as, when you see someone doing something that they truly love and they're in the zone and nothing outside of them exists, it's just like... I think he's in another world when he's playing guitar. And really? He has these facial expressions that are hilarious. Because he's concentrating and he he's just concentrating. Kinda... He's having fun. He's practically making love to that guitar. <laughs> right. He's just like, is it? Um... So he's he's jamming on the guitar. Like he's playing his guitar. Mm-hmm. The songs are what three and a half minutes long. Max? Some of them are longer. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they are just. He's just up there and. I don't know um, what what's another song like. It's like what's what's another favorite song? So on Pure Guava, yeah, uh, because that was the album that started off. There's another song on there called "Pumpin' for the Man," and it's really super fast. Okay, and if you've ever worked in retail or fast food or at a gas station or any sort of service industry job, it's about just being like, I hate the customers, but I'm here. You know, earning okay. minimum wage because yep. what the hell am I? You know, I I have to. Right. Uh, I'm in this position where I have to uh, because it's, as an artist, I identify you have to have like a day job because the world doesn't right, love right. artists. <laughs> well, and you have to uh, pay your bills. And I like so, insurance. Right. And eventually <laughs> someone should. Yeah, but it's uh, so but it's um, I wonder if they play it in those places. Uh, like, is there the Ween, like at the gas station? Oh, no, 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 no. We, uh, there are very few tracks that are, uh, radio radio friendly. friendly. Okay. (laughs) Um, there are some songs that are clean and we have a list, uh, we meaning my spouse and I have a list where we have, it's like kid ween and the kids all know those songs, but we don't let them listen to the other songs. Cause they, are they cussy or is they They just super cussy? Mm -hmm. They are super gross. Um, just (laughs) like I'm waiting for Netflix to come out with a line of documentaries called everything you love is problematic because ween does do some shit that I am not real happy with, but I love the music so much more. Sure. That I'm. My brother loves Woody Allen and always will. Yeah. But so what, what is, what's, oh, there's drama with Wayne. Wayne has, there's, they're flawed humans. What's happening? Uh, They have songs where they make fun of fat people. Uh, They've had some tracks that people, music critics have reviewed and said that they're homophobic. 
I don't think that they are. But there was one song that was like, okay, you're probably <laughs> talking, you're talking about a creepy old gay guy that does crystal meth. Okay. Uh, and then they made up for it. That was called Richard Smoker. And that's on their country album. Um, but uh, they have another song that made up for it that was on South Park called The Homo Rainbow. Right. And I love it because it's like, uh, as a it celebrates as a non-binary queer person, I just love, I mean, that could easily be the soundtrack of my life. There are many colors in the homo rainbow. The homo rainbow. There yeah. are many colors in the homo rainbow. Yes. That is nice. Yes. Yeah. They, um, yeah, it's interesting because there's nothing, there's, I, I had a dork forest where it was Marcella Arguello talking about Kanye. I remember was, that episode. Yeah, and she was talking about how... Talk about problematic. Right, right. <laughs> and it was pre him going off his meds, clearly. And, um, and she was like, it is hard to be a feminist and a woman and listen to Kanye West and just kind of want to really jam out to these songs because he's saying some really stupid shit. Yes. And... Um, and I think that might be true of of so much music, just because musicians, they're usually, you know, 23-year-old drunks. Yes. As far as I can tell yeah. <laughs> from from afar. And, and lots of songs about fucking. Yeah, it, yeah. Ween has lots of, uh, one of my favorite jams, and it's so misogynistic. Yeah. But I... Uh, Put the coke on my dick. <laughs> put the coke on my dick and then s- and snort the coke off his dick. It, well, no, essentially. Or? Put the coke on my dick and turn to the wall. Oh, <laughs> but it's it's a sen- yeah, and it's sung by the drummer. And this I w- is an interesting image. <laughs> I wish to know. So if you put uh, cocaine uh-huh. on a person, and when I say a person, mostly a dude, uh, a dude's dick, <laughs> and it is. Uh, Let's say erect, because uh, obviously you're not putting cocaine on a flaccid it pr- penis. It would probably be very difficult to snort. <laughs> right, right. Then you're just like, then you're rooting around in there anyway. And you're yep. like, oh, okay. Which might be that, that gentleman might enjoy that as well. But then you turn around and then he clearly wants to either... Uh, I am a hundred years old, so I will say the words "doggy style," yeah. which is which is, I believe, the correct term. Mm-hmm. And then, or he wishes to. There is anal, whatever. One Could of those be. two things are happening when someone is facing away from you, and your and your and your penis is involved. When coke is involved, I believe anything is Could game. happen. Is possible. <laughs> and uh, and so then with, I mean, the thing is, is. It mostly means that the person, who, the the guy with the dick and the penis and the coke, <laughs> <laughs> just go words, and uh, he's not going to get the benefits of that cocaine. The person who the cocaine's going to go into the into the person who's receiving the penis. Yeah, don't you think? And who knows? And maybe the penis owner has already <laughs> had their share of cocaine. Well, clearly. Ha- I mean... It, I wonder what the lyrics are to that song. It, it, I, I suggest you listen to Put the Coke on My Dick. It's, uh... <laughs> for some reason, I wish to look up the lyrics to put you put the coke on my dick. And, um... Uh, and um, see. So, yes. favorite, going back to favorite albums, Pure Guava, um... The Mollusk, which is like their album of sea shanty-inspired songs. <laughs> yes. And, uh... It's, I just, I love that album so much because I feel, I mean, it's, most of the songs are nautical themed. Uh, Who doesn't like a nautical theme song? And uh, Are they one, like pirates? Sometimes? Uh, well, there is one song uh, 
the Blarney Stone. And uh, I don't know if a pirate is singing that, but it's a drunken Irish person, I guess. And uh, Diener sings on that one. It's one of the tracks that he sings. Um, but uh, everything that I wanted to accomplish while drinking and doing drugs for the short time that I did them. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I am, When I listen to that album and close my eyes, I'm like, this is what I wanted to accomplish. Oh, right. Oh, that is, that's... You know, I, I, who did I have on that was just was talking about short stories? I can't remember. And it was, and that's the same thing with lyrics and songs. Uh-huh. Essentially, they they're a fantasy element of uh-huh. this is the feeling that I want. Yes. Whenever I do anything, whether it's you know like some country songs, it's your truck and you're dancing and you're at the bar mm-hmm. and you meet a nice lady perhaps and you have uh, and then you dance and then you and then and then you fall in love mm-hmm. and so. So the song that on that album was essentially, was the perfect party song, essentially? Well, there are lots of uh, really great songs. The one that's most known, it was in a Toyota commercial <laughs> and on an episode, or in the SpongeBob movie. Toyota commercial song? It, it, there was one, they, I think nice. they were, it was either Subaru or Toyota, but they played Ocean Man. And Ocean Man was also on the SpongeBob movie soundtrack. Okay. And it's one of my children's favorite songs. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. And uh, what what year did that, did that oh. album, newish? Um, no, 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 no. I'm oh, super saying, old. Uh, the Mollusk, I think, is 97. 96, okay. 97. So 90s. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that was, should go in the in the SpongeBob movie. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, and they had a song on an episode of SpongeBob about tying your shoes, learning how to tie your shoes. <laughs> so they're essentially like an adult version of the Wiggles. Is what uh, it, if the Wiggles uh, were adults, sm- were adults, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I very adult. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 enormously uh, adult. But um. Like, I know a lot of music critics uh, will assign them the moniker of a novelty band or an alt-rock band, and I just think that that's, like, a gross oversimplification. Sure, but uh, what would you put them as? They are in their own category. They're, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If, if I'm listening to all different categories, there should just be a category called ween. Um, kind of like uh, Primus has its own category too I like Primus a lot Um, I what about like because what I'm thinking is is and I can't remember their name Dean and Jean no the um the band Barnes and Barnes no uh well it's a different band they did fish heads fish heads what is that what are all of those words my ad, my ad, my ad I'm about to do an ad Rangers this is another ad for the New Yorker you can get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for $6, plus the exclusive tote. You go to newyorker.com slash dork, and you save 50% when you enter dork at checkout. Live by a code, you guys. Get 12 weeks of The New Yorker for $6, plus the exclusive tote. That's right. I have the exclusive tote. It's very exciting. The New Yorker, of course, is the freaking New Yorker. It represents the best writing in America today. You receive 12 weeks for $6. You get home delivery of the print edition and unlimited access to newyorker.com with 10 to 15 exclusive site-only stories every day. You have the apps, the online archive, the crossword puzzle, all of it. So the New Yorker is amazing, of course, as everyone knows. Remember Ronan Farrell? There's also the theater critic for the New Yorker won the 2017 Pulitzer last year. I got to find that and read it because it's amazing. 
They cover everything, a full range of topics, including politics, news, international affairs, climate change, the environment, popular culture, the arts, fiction, food, humor, cartoons. You know it. You love it. The New Yorker. Get 12 weeks for $6. Use the code DORK. All right, let's get back into the show. Those were uh, Barnes and Barnes is, is another band? Billy Moomy from Lost in Space, and I can't remember the other guy's name, but they're Art and Artie Barnes. Okay, and they uh, play guitars and synthesizers, and they sing a bunch of dirtyish songs, but some of them are are pretty funny. And uh, they had Bill Paxton in a lot of their videos. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, I could totally go down uh, Barnes that and rabbit hole. Yeah, but Barnes my spouse is the Barnes and Barnes head. He, okay, he knows all about them. Well, because I was thinking, because um, the only and I only have I have one ba- album of almost every band. Weird, I don't have an album of Ween. If I were to get one album, what should I get? Oh, I would say White Pepper. White Pepper. Okay, that's their Beatlesque album. So it's kind of attainable. So mm-hmm. it's kind of easy to. It's a good gateway. Yes. And it's it's called White Pepper? White Pepper. Okay. Um, and uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone directed a video off of that album called Even If You Don't. Okay. And that is very Beatlesque, and uh, I like that song quite a bit. Okay. It's um, Even If You Don't, mm-hmm. because uh, now I'm going to download uh, Push the Little Daisies. And even if you don't, and then I looked up the lyrics for the Coke thing. Uh, it is a, uh, it's definitely, it's definitely um, not anal sex, but he is very, she seems very angry for someone who's about to get to have some sex. Um, who, why so mad? You're about to get some, sir. I, anyway, it's well, put the Coke on my dick and turn to the wall. Your pussy is swollen and my penis is raw. Looks like sugar on a hard piece of meat. <laughs> Get your big round, round big ass, ass around so, so you can, can taste, taste the heat. heat. <laughs> oh my God. Put the fucking Coke on the tip of my cock all night long. I'm strong as a rock. Better be good because tonight I'm smoking. Two tons of man is the title I'm holding. Well, see, and I like. This, I would like to think that this Claude ha- Coleman is really like this, but I don't think he is. Well, and the thing is, is that at some point you have to know that you're you're being dumb. And so they have a pretty good sense of the ridiculous. I believe that they do. Okay. Um, one of their, another album that's really popular that I like quite a few of the songs on it, but, um, I think it's because the cover is off putting to me is chocolate and cheese. And it has like a, uh, an aesthetically sexy bod of a woman who's showing some bottom boob. Right. On a shirt and has a great big ween wrestling belt on and it's Oh wait, so it's like under boob and the and the it, wrestling yes, belt? Yes. Okay. It's it's um it's it's a sexy time cover, but just again, <laughs> I look at it and I go, Oh, just put clothes on, please. Right, right, right. Now are these gentlemen married? Yes. Both and, of them and, are. and are they have they done some breeding of their own? Do yes, they, have, they have. Yes, they have. Um <laughs> So as as they come in, as as they come into their middle age here their tw- the twilight of their years, uh, what year was the was the was the underboob? Uh, I think chocolate and cheese was in ninety four ninety five. Yeah, you got to give somebody some Christmas slack. And they're in their they're in their twenties. Right, so. right. That's twenty five years ago or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, 
I give myself slack for 25 years mm-hmm. ago. Uh, I still know I was a moron, but uh, but at least there's there's at least, well, it wasn't my finest hour. <laughs> if I look at my blooper reel from six months ago, I'm like, what were you thinking? Well, the journey <laughs> continues, I think is what we've realized. Yeah. Um, uh, going back to an, uh, another, the Pure Guava album. Yeah. Uh, so another thing that ween has been on a thing a movie was uh the uh underrated horribly underrated blockbuster hit it's pat the it's pat movie oh did you love the it's pat movie? Uh, again as a non a person who identifies as non-binary and kind of queer i just love the obsession that cisgender people have with people that are gender fluid and uh, from the first time I saw Pat on Saturday Night Live, I was like, I so identify with <laughs> just uh, people guessing and Pat being uh, oblivious to it all and not really caring. Right. And that whole movie is about one particular person's obsession with Pat's gender. Okay. And uh, well, that's fast. Drive, driving themselves crazy, but Pat meets Ween. In the movie? Yes, and gets to perform with Ween. Oh, that's kind of awesome. At a concert, and they play Don't Get Too Close to My Fantasy. Okay. And uh, Pat plays the tuba. Okay. And uh, they're at, uh, it's either a before show, after show, and uh, uh, Pat tries some mushrooms, and Pat starts to go, uh, oh, I'm seeing different things, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and and uh, Diener says, hey, those are just mushrooms from Safeway or Giner. I can't remember uh, who says it. It's like, those are, those are just stuffed mushrooms from Safeway. Right, they're just mushroom caps. Yeah. You're yeah. actually not having mm-hmm. hallucinogenic mushrooms. Right, right. Um, I think it was, a, it was a point in my life when It's Pat came out and Pat was, like, I've never watched Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. I'll only watch, um, I'll sometimes watch the, uh, like, the clips. They'll mm-hmm. show awesome clips on mm-hmm. and so they'll just, I'll get to see the bits. Uh, and It's Pat felt like uh, I've I've always had some sort of trouble appreciating the sort of things that are cringeworthy. Mm-hmm. And I want to because I want to be able to, like I would love to be able to sit through a scary movie too, but I get scared. Uh, and uh, things that are cringeworthy, I cringe too much. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, like I don't like reality television. And uh, But the thing is, is that makes me kind of want to see It's Pat because... Of, you know, of, like the acceptance of gender fluidity now. And is, this was done in the 90s. Yeah, so that was, it, that's a million years ago. I think that uh, some people could look at it and go, this is offensive. But I also, oh, like I, taking, I also like taking something that someone might look at as offensive and go, uh, I'm going to take it and turn it around and make it affirmative for me. Take back the night, man. Uh, uh, take back the pat. Yeah, take back the pat. <laughs> it's, but the weird thing is, is that... Um, like if you look at what that movie did, was it it validated some stuff and it and it mm-hmm. made people aware of stuff. Sort of like Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. If you look at Will and Grace as from this point of view, you're like, that does not hold up at all. That is super oh. stereotypical yes. and really weird. But you're like, there was nothing that right. was being that supportive to homosexuals. Homo- well, the uh, emphasis got weird. What? what? Uh, <laughs> the emphasis? But, uh, the, yes, exactly. My <laughs> syllable had some ter- terribles. Uh, so, but homosexuals and, um, but even if, I, but if you look at all of them, mm-hmm. the fact that anything ever gets brought up, the initial time that it's brought up, how it holds up is kind of fascinating. Right. 
And Dave Foley's in that movie as Pat's partner, Chris. Okay. And no one knows what gender Chris is either. Oh, right. Oh, so it's, it's, I just, I love it. I just. Yeah. yeah. That is fascinating. And again, Ween is theirs. So. And Ween is there. Ween is there. And then when Pat gets invited to play <laughs> with them, uh, Pat, you know, is selfish, inherently selfish, aren't we all? Uh, and really believes that Pat is part of the band. Right. And, uh, but just runs screaming, I played with a ween! I played with a ween! It's just, <laughs> I I love it so much. That is fascinating. So I like, I mean, I like the fact, I mean, and, and everyone is, everyone's a whole person, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, this is, these are guys who want to talk about, you know, Fucking fat chicks, uh-huh. and they or, also or like uh, feeling like a big fat fuck, and it's like I don't know if they're make they're saying I'm feeling like a big fat person, which fat isn't a feeling, but part of me <laughs> thinks that they're singing where I I fucked up really bad, so I'm just feeling like a big fat fuck. But there's also one that's called I'm fat or Hey fat boy, that's on Pure Guava. Well, they 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 might have some some issues with body image. They who doesn't. <laughs> I'm I'm weirded out when someone's like I feel great about myself. I was like, really? It's a, well, I mean, it's I many years ago I worked with this woman who um, is still a good friend of mine, but she was always um, pretty good looking, mm-hmm. right? She was always and and re, and she had a good metabolism, so she was pretty thin and very fit looking. But she was also a giant hippie, and she was. Uh, she played many instruments, and um, and she was a groover, and she lived on a houseboat, and she was this very hippie. I mean, she was kind of the coolest person I think I've ever met in my life. Mm-hmm. And at one point, and we had the same uh, day job. We worked at a closed cap um, at a, a poster T-shirt hippie skippy poster T-shirt shop in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So one day we were in the break room having lunch and she mentioned something about how she uh, wanted to lose a little weight. And this, the guy who made buttons who had just lost a bunch of weight. And he, um, he was like, you care about your weight? You? (laughs) And I said, what? She's a liberal, but she's not like she's alive. She still gets commercials. I mean, we all see magazines and we all, I mean, we all want to be pointy, mm-hmm. but there's just, it's almost, it, even if you don't want to care about your body image and you work all of your life to just be okay with yourself, there's going to be a moment when you're not. And so it's weird. Well, white supremacy, I mean, the body image what stuff. <laughs> yes, white supremacy. <laughs> Let what me tell happened? you about white supremacy. No, body image in is rooted in white supremacy. So the thing about white supremacy is that it's a dynamic setup for you to feel bad about yourself if you don't fit in within that world. Oh, oh the way they pitch it is mm-hmm. that you're never enough, you're never enough, and right. it's because of other people. Mm-hmm. And um, and if if you if you looked like this Aryan god, then you would feel good about yourself. Correct. So if you hang out with the Aryan god, which alienates a whole bunch of people, it alienates well, anyone. I would go that... almost seven point five billion. <laughs> and uh, so if there's Just half a a, if there's half a billion people that are that are white, and there might be, who knows what the odds are? Do not email me. Yeah. Okay. So um, so some of their stuff is sexist. Some of their stuff is fat phobic. Um, some of their stuff could be viewed as homophobic. I still like them. Right, right. Because some of their stuff isn't, right? 
Some of their stuff isn't. Um, uh, Is what's their stuff that's super supportive? Uh, again, I like Homo Rainbow. Yep. Uh, I uh, they uh, have a song that's on the Muppets and Space movie. Yeah. Keep your eye to the sky. Uh, you are not alone. Aww. I just I really like that song. Uh, they had a song in the X Files movie, Beacon Light. Okay. Um. Yeah. So uh, they are. Yeah, I mean they 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 seem like like they're like if you wanted to not like them you could, but they don't seem particularly overtly no fat phobic I mean, and and plus the fat thing quite honestly has been okay to do until probably yesterday mm-hmm. or tomorrow and because it's sort of the last thing that you can make fun of yes and um and if that's the hill you want to die on then that's the then then march away yep but um but I don't yeah so it's but are the, so the songs are catchy enough. Oh yes, so that they that they can be used on TV stuff. Yes, uh, they did incidental music for Grounded for Life. Okay, um, what's Grounded for Life? Uh, that was a TV Don, show. Donald Logue. It was like a sitcom. Okay, that Donald Logue had for about four years. Nice. And uh, uh, but yeah, that was something that I appreciated. Um, they have been offered opportunities to do things and then not considered for it, and it was given away to someone else. Sure. So they've done very silly things with that, like Pizza Hut asked them to do a right. little uh, jingle for them. And so they there's this fabulous one called Where'd the Cheese Go? Okay. And it goes, Where'd the Cheese Go? I don't know. And it was about the stuffed crust pizza. <laughs> and they ended up going with some, going in a different direction. Right. So they've ended up making a whole big thing out of it. And there's a clean version of it. And then on a all requests live album, there's right. one that, uh, where'd the motherfucking cheese go at? And I don't know. And just like they yeah. go on and on and on. It's two people talking about ordering cheese and okay. or pizza and where are they going <laughs> to get it from? Uh, and I love that. Uh, they were asked to do, I think, the oblongs. And then they went with someone else to do the sure. the music to the oblongs, which I loved that show. That was well. a good show. That, that was, was a, a good cute, show. That was a cute show. Yes. It was, um, well, I mean, I, I like the fact that um, really you're a dork for something that is, that is accepted, like, they're willing to do advertising, they're willing to do TV shows mm-hmm. and movies, but they're also doing live shows where they're like, hey, fuck off. Yes, and uh, three hours <laughs> long. Their live oh, shows wow. are something to behold. Do they have an opening band? Uh, no. That's that- what makes them super <laughs> awesome, is that... When you you get what you pay for when you go to a Ween show. Okay, it's all them. And I really, really, the five shows that I've gone to, four of them have been Ween, and one of them has just been Giner on his own. Doing a solo? Mm-hmm. And it was, it was really good. Uh, I just liked how long the shows were and, and the vibe. I don't generally like going to shows because of drunk people, which... They're kind of, to me, like zombies, one or two drunks I can yeah. handle. But like when you have a whole bar full or oh, a whole thousands? club. Yes. Like how big of venues are these guys playing? Um, are they doing stadiums and I, stuff like that? Or? With their reunion tour, I know that they're doing much bigger places. Yeah. Um, the places that I've seen them have been here in Bloomington, and those are relatively small Like 1,200-seat kind of theater Or kind the of stuff? Vogue in Indianapolis. Uh which is a couple grand or I don't know. I don't. Well, because the, um, there's, uh, th- there's a thing in Minneapolis first Avenue 
and that is a place like Prince used to play it a lot mm-hmm. for small shows. But it only it only and there's no chairs. It's like six to eight hundred people. I love seeing a band with uh, with seating. I saw Elvis Costello a couple of years ago at a theater theater that only seated probably fifteen to eighteen hundred people, and uh, but we had assigned seats. It was very nice. Everyone was. I, I like that we kind were the of control. People there. I like that kind of control. Yeah. And, and again, I uh, slowly turned into a pumpkin after nine thirty at night. <laughs> Another reason why I don't really like right. to do shows. Well, you know, Greg Barrett used to do a great bit, uh, a great joke about how he wants to go to an adult. Uh, <laughs> he's like valet parking. How are the Foo Fighters? Well, they ran out of wasabi, and uh, <laughs> essentially done by nine thirty. Home in time to watch whatever mm-hmm. he had some TV show that he mentioned, and then but it was a great bit. Uh, it was a really good chunk about uh, getting older and still wanting to go to concerts. Also love Greg Barron. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't? Right. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good egg right there. And um, but the I do like because I was thinking about the band Ween, and so the way you've described them, I think of um, are they sort of like the Flaming Lips? And the fact that the diversity, where they have different albums per kinds of... Because they change... I only have one Flaming Lips album. Mm-hmm. But it is... Um, it's pink. Anyway, uh, I don't know a lot about it. Uh, <laughs> I've listened to it a lot. Can't remember the name of it. All I can say is that if you like listen to all nine of those studio albums, yeah. you would he- have a completely different experience on every album. Uh, sometimes a completely different experience from track to track... Okay. Um, Again, there are a couple of songs that are very Prince-like. One is "Let Me Lick Your Pussy." (laughs) And is it now which kind of Prince? Uh, It's 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 that uh, like like, it reminds me of a symbol. No, no, this is like Purple Rain, Little Red Corvette. Okay. Uh, When I when I listen to "Let Me Lick Your Pussy," I Mm -hmm. think of definitely uh, "Let's Pretend We're Married." Okay. Of, and I believe that was on Little Red Corvette. Again, okay. I am not a Prince dork at all. Right, right. So, but um, it does vaguely remind mm-hmm. you of Prince. And then so. there's Monique the Freak, and uh, that also uh, kind of reminds me of uh, little, like older Prince, pre Purple Rain Prince. It feels like, to some extent, it feels like this band, like, you know how, like, the, the caricatures that guys learn to play guitar and they go in a band because they want to get laid uh-huh. that it successfully worked out for we yes and uh and they're like let's sing about all the different sex we've had mm-hmm. yeah so uh well good for them i'm glad that they got some I hope i'm glad that, that they they've were... had all the sex i'm glad they've had all the sex i hope that there was some condoms involved and they don't all have disease and uh and i hope it was all Mm-hmm. For the most part, pretty consensual. Though, when you're super drunk, everyone's just a pile of, of, of limbs at some point. That's right. And uh, everybody's just sort of wandering around. <laughs> yes. So um, The 90s were nuts. Turns out, every decade is nuts if you're 22 years old. Yes. It doesn't matter what decade you live in. Absolutely. You end up piled like... Uh, and, and if you end up partying too hard. I have only... like. Most of my partying was not, did not end up in sex because I partied way too hard mm-hmm. and I would end up in a hotel room just passed out. Yes. So, but the three times I would say that it ended up with sex, there's probably an album there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Um, a, this was weird enough that I could have written a song if I were a songwriter. Mm-hmm. My ad, my ad, my ad. I'm about to do an ad. Rangers, it's a new advertiser and it's Robin Hood. 
And Robinhood is an investing app that lets you buy and sell stocks, ETFs, options, and cryptos all commission-free. I'm going to find out what those are when I wander around their app. An ETF, what is that? Essentially, they're striving to make financial services work for everyone, not just the wealthy. And it's not an intimidating way for stock market newcomers to invest for the first time. There's no commission fees. Other brokerages charge up to $10 for every trade, but Robinhood doesn't charge commission fees. You trade stocks and keep all of your profits. There's easy-to-understand charts and market data. You place a trade in four taps on your smartphone. The web platform also lets you view stock collections, like the 100 Most Popular, or you can you can filter things or curate categories like women CEOs and entertainment or social media. So learn how to invest as you build your portfolio. Robinhood is uh, giving Rangers of the Dork Forest listeners of the Dork Forest a free stock like Apple, Ford, or Sprint to help build your portfolio. So if you sign up at forest.robinhood.com, uh, that's forest. Dot Robinhood.com. The code is obviously Forest. You get a free stock to start out. We will get back into the show. And so wean is a huge part of my early recovery because uh, I didn't drink or do drugs for very long. I've never had a legal drink. So where people associate wean with partying, I'm like, oh, this is, I remember where I was going when I heard this song. I remember what I was doing when I listened to this album. Oh, right. Because um, you so were a it, child. It, so it was, it was a completely different experience for yeah, yeah. me. Oh, that's wild. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that... That makes me a little bit of an anomaly, I guess. Now, you've mentioned four albums so yes. far. Uh, give me another one. So we have White Pepper, Pure Guava, uh, the 12 uh, Golden Country Greats, which is only 10 tracks long, but it's because uh, th- there are two different theories on this. One is that they really did have 12 songs and they cut it back a couple, but it's because... And they kept of, the name? Uh, it's because <laughs> they went to Nashville and... Uh, uh, recorded and let the uh, Nashville recording superstars make the music and they just sang on it. Oh, okay. And I don't know all of their names, but these are people that have worked with Dylan and a lot of old country performers. Like, I want to think that... Oh, yeah, I've heard this about Nashville, is that there's a giant community of sort of studio musicians mm-hmm. and writers songwriters yes. and stuff like that they worked with those guys yes and it was it's uh it was uh not rated very well but i love that album okay uh, because if country music sounded like that i'd probably listen to it on a regular right. basis well that's kind of cool and the name of that one is the 12 songs of country uh, it's the 12 golden country greats 12 golden country greats uh-huh. okay and there is a track on there that i absolutely adore it's called piss up a rope okay and uh it reminds me like if larry the cable guy tried to be a country singer what he might sing about but yeah. it's like my dinner's on fire while she watches tv okay and just oh so they so they went they, yeah. <laughs> I, what i like is that they pick the genre and then they make fun of it a little bit but then oh, they yes. kind of nail it yes uh, totally yeah. piss up a rope definitely nails it <laughs> They're like, we are going to do the thing, and we're going to kind of make fun of it, but mm-hmm. we're going to have such a good time that you're, we're all going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll download Piss Up a Rope. What the heck? Yep. Piss Up a Rope. And um, 
I like the idea of that. And then what, uh, so did they do two country albums or is that the it, country album? That is the country album. Okay. Because um, you did White Pepper country album, the Agua or? Uh, the Mollusk, which is like their sea shanty right. type album. And then um, something that was guava? Pure guava. Right, that's four. Uh, chocolate and cheese is the boob, chocolate and the cheese boobtacular was the one. one. But some of the songs are nice. Yes, there's Freedom of 76, mm-hmm. and uh, I recommend looking up that video. It was directed by Spike Jones. Okay. And it's uh, uh, that was their first, I think that was an album put on by Elektra. So it it's a really, Freedom of 76, I can't be in Philly, uh, Philly and not hear that song. And uh, it, it's, uh, it reminds me of... Holland Oatsy, it's kind of soulful. Oh, nice. It's it's a lot of falsetto. I like okay. a good falsetto. Um, and then Voodoo Lady is on Chocolate and Cheese, and I like Voodoo Lady quite a bit. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. So there's always a couple of songs. That's all I want out of an album, quite honestly, like mm-hmm. three songs. I mm-hmm. was like, that's a good album if you yep. get three good songs out of it. Mm-hmm. And if there's more, it's a giant win. So, okay, so that's that's five albums. Okay. So that's not bad. That's no, not bad at all. Not coming bad up, at all. Coming up with uh, five... What's one that you have not named? Uh, Quebec. Quebec? Or as in Quebec or Quebec. You or, say potato, I say potato. Right, whatever the Quebecois would uh-huh, want us to uh-huh. say. <laughs> um, that is a fine album, and uh, there is a song on there called The Argus I like quite a bit. And then there, uh, that, song, that album is just very dark because uh, I think that was at the very end of Giner's alcoholism, and he was getting a divorce, so there's a lot of pink floyd dirt shit right and there's one that's very pink floyd called if you could save yourself okay and uh it makes me a little weepy when i hear it yeah yeah (laughs) i love that too Uh sometimes with music where it'll 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 just be like i'm gonna cry yeah yeah yeah. and uh who doesn't want a good cry with with a song um and then uh la cucaracha is an album that has a whole bunch of different things on it but I like the song Shame Maker off that album. Shame Maker? Yes. I, uh, Paul Gilmartin, who hosts the Mental Illness Happy yes. Hour, I keep trying to tell him, hey, you should really uh, p- listen to that song because it's just like about mental health across the board, especially if you're in a codependent relationship. Oh, I think it's a fabulous, fabulous song. And what? And, and so that was on La Cucaracha, which La- is, is that a newer album? Uh, that... I think that album's about a decade old now because that was... 2008? Yeah, that was one of the last shows I went to because I just remember my first child was very small then. Right, right. And, okay. And they're 10 now. So Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay, so that... Um, I like the idea that... Have they had a new album out since 2012? Because they're on their reunion... Tour. They broke yes, up in 2012. I don't. I, they broke up in 2012. That's but right. I don't think they've put out something new for a long time. But when they broke up, they did their own side things. And Deaner has done uh, Dean Ween Group, uh, great stuff. And then uh, Aaron Freeman or Geener did an own his album that was just called Freeman. And uh, I like that album quite a bit, too. Well, that's but they cool. haven't done anything together as Ween for a very long time. And they released just, it that way. And but that, they have so many songs from 84 till when they... They got together in 84? Yes. 
And it was just the two of them and a DAP machine. Okay. <laughs> and, so, and how old and, and was, were they still in high school? Yeah, 14 or 15 years old. I, or, I can't, no, was it 84? How old would they be if, they're a few years older than I am. So I want to say between 84 and 86, uh, whatever. So if, I'm, if, sure, like I'm, sure a ween, I'm sure a ween nerd will email you or tweet about sure. this. Well, in 1984, I would have been 19. So now, and they're younger than you are. So, but I know that they were fourteen or fifteen when they met, and they okay. hated each other. And they hated each other, but they they, but not long after they met each other, they started the band. Yes, because they realized that they had this common ground of music. Yeah, music bringing people together. You gotta love that. <laughs> you gotta love music bringing people together. Yeah. And then forty-seven years later, I know right? that's hilarious. Yes. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know. So they live in, most of them still live in Pennsylvania. Yes. Okay. So but they tour all the time. In fact, I'm pretty sure they're touring right now. Okay. Yeah. I would, uh, I don't know that I would see them, but I would, because uh, I, I don't go see a lot of uh, a lot of music. Andy wants to go see a band called Scary Pockets. They're a cover band, and they essentially just do covers, but they funk them up. Mm-hmm. And it's just um, a guy who works for, not Friendster, but it's like he works for some. It's not. It's not Twitter or Facebook. Mm-hmm. But he's one of those tech guys up in San Francisco, and he travels. He lives in San Francisco. Pardon me. He lives in San Francisco, and then he travels down to Los Angeles, and he jams. What he does is he gets together with other musicians, like studio musicians, mm-hmm. and they do covers, and they screw around with the arrangements until they come up with something fun, and then they put it up. I'm fascinated. Yeah, you would probably like it, just because they seem, you know what they seem? They seem like really nice, dorky guys who are just kind of, they aren't jamming so much, in the fact is that there's not a lot of, you know, uh, jazz will have those solos. That'll mm-hmm. just weed off and go into this world for three minutes. I've never enjoyed those. No. I like Paul uh, F. Tompkins has a whole bit about jazz as the kind of music that almost dares you to not like it. <laughs> and I've had a couple of jazz dorks on, and they've explained it. But because I like big band music and I like marching band music, but I don't like jazz unless there's structure and it's, and it's a jazz song. But I accidentally saw Miles Davis one time and that was amazing. It was somebody had a had an extra ticket and they were like, will you come with me? No one else will come with and me. And I love that you accidentally saw I was like, well, let's go see him. <laughs> yeah. And then we went and it was a lovely, of course, and he's an amazing trumpet player. Um, I accidentally saw Charlie Pride once, and that was probably the best concert I have ever gone to in my whole life. Now, what does Charlie Pride play? <laughs> Charlie Pride uh, is an amazing, the guy's a, a, a national treasure, right? Mm-hmm. He was, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, we have a town outside of Bloomington called Nashville, Indiana, and Nashville uh, has had I think it burned down. To, it did burn down to the ground. They haven't rebuilt it, but it was the little Nashville Opry, and he came there and played. In, oh, cute! I want to say two thousand two, and that's when I saw him. And what does he play? Uh, put your lips a little closer to the phone. Oh, he's a singer. He, yeah, he was a country singer. <laughs> He's he's a country singer, but he's a black country singer, so it was like a big it was a big deal. It was a big deal. Yeah. 
There's a yeah. There's a there was a new there was a newer black country singer. I know a lot of people who happen to be black or country fans, and it's not. Um, it shouldn't be that big of a deal, but it is. But um, in the the sixties and seventies, it was just it like it was an even bigger deal. You want to sing country music, just yep. and what an entertainer, and just and he brought yeah, it, brought it. That's yeah. awesome. And you how did you accidentally see Charlie Pride? Um, Someone I, had an extra ticket. I well, I was working for an agency that uh, helped people with disabilities, and the client that I was working with that night wanted to go, and you do whatever the client wants to do. Oh, right. Oh, so okay. I'm like, sure, we'll go see Charlie Pride, and I thought oh, this so it is, was a work event essentially. So, but I had to pay for my own ticket, so okay. And I didn't know until like the day that I went to work with him that hey, we're gonna go see Charlie Pride and. Well, that's weird. If it was a work event that you had to pay for your own ticket, it you is. would have thought that they would have covered it because you had to go with them. Nonprofits are weird. Well, work <laughs> is weird. Work is weird. If they can trick you into paying for stuff, it was th- it was uh, the uh, best money I've ever spent it. on a live music show because so. it was amazing. It was amazing. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, so now we're coming down to the hour here. Okay, talk to me about Ween. What don't I know? What would you recommend? For people um, to start with, maybe. Well, uh, I mean, we've named some great songs. I would say that The Mollusk is really a good album to start with. And there's a podcast called God Ween Evan. Yeah. And uh, I would recommend going back to the very first episode of that podcast because it's about three Ween fans who try to get their curmudgeon friend to like Ween. Yeah. And they expose him to Ween music every week. And it's it's a funny, funny podcast. Right. But you can learn a lot about the band and the, through and listening through to that podcast. Through the pod- journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, spoiler alert, let us not. Uh, let, we don't have to spoil it because what's the name of the podcast again? Godween Evan. Godween Evan. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that eventually that person likes it. Riley Silverman used to have a podcast where she tried to convince... Um, her co-host to like Doctor Who, I oh. think it was, and it did not work. After like probably a hundred episodes, they stopped doing it because it did not work. <laughs> uh, I love Riley Silverman. I kind of have a crush on her. <laughs> yeah, she's great, and she's hilarious and uh, and wonderful. I have been talking, by the way, to Ruthie Fudge, and it is at Fudge Ruthie on Instagram and at Velveeta Underhound on Twitter. Uh, thank you so much for doing... It's over. Yes. Uh, thank you so much for doing the Dork Forest. Likewise. All right. Oh, there you go. And uh, you know the rules out there, you guys. Take care of each other. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh my god. Thank we you. why don't we just call that as the end of the show?